welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate, love the club, the game and all things Bears. Well, we had high hopes for a return to winning ways with the home game against Northampton, but we were outgunned at the gate and lost 36-20 to the Saints. Also in this show, we'll, all, we'll look ahead to the Rifles Cup game at King's Home on Friday night with our friends from the Cherry Dam podcast. All this and much more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles, Pete and a Christmas tree for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, we're, we're back at uh, Lee's Love Nest and uh, the, the tree is still looking resplendent. It's it's five of us now. Usually um, <laughs> have Miles. It seems quite intimidated with the tree. I absolutely. It is, yeah. Actually, I think Miles has been making extra notes just so, you know, so he doesn't well, get come up short. I've, I've, I've I, think the, I think the Christmas tree is pretty gutted about being last. In that list, though, as well, Tony. Yeah, I've had so much stick for that tree, it's unreal, but it's staying up and it's gonna st- I'm gonna even keep up for, for an extra week in January just to just to jar our oh, well. listeners off. Well, you know what, that, you know what they say, Lee, once it's up, keep it up. <laughs> uh, Pete, how, how, how have you fared this weekend after uh Friday night? Well, I can categorically state I didn't go Christmas tree shopping, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a quiet weekend. I mean, that's the thing with a Friday night game, isn't it? You you uh, you get your emotions done on a Friday and then quite relax a bit on the Saturday. So I mooched around at the weekend, did a bit of this, did a bit of that, bit of bit of marking, bit of shopping, um, bit of hot tub action. <laughs> As you do. On your own? On my own, on my own, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, one of those quiet weekends, nothing much happened. Right. And Is Mar- that you create the froth on the way, Pete? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Miles, we've got to say, you, you've you been travelling for most of uh, this weekend, haven't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I thought would be a fairly straightforward trip to join my wife and two children and friends at Bluestone, which is Pembrokeshire. Turned out to be a flipping nightmare of a journey. <laughs> right, journey. so th- this, is, this is Saturday morning, because after the after the game, Miles is saying, look, I've got to be sensible. I've got to be up. <laughs> Se- was it a 7 o'clock train? It's 7.05 train. 7.05 train. train. All right, then. You, you get on your voy in Hurricane <laughs> Katrina to, to get to the station. Tell, tell us what happened from there. Well... <laughs> As I said, it was a bit dangerous getting to the station while I was dodging recycling bins down North Street and then turn up, turn up the station to find my train to Swansea was cancelled because a tree fell on the line. So I was about to obviously phone the Duchess and say, sorry, I can't come, but they said... No, Miles. Well, she didn't call me that. She didn't know what it was. You can go by a parkway. So lo and behold, a train to Bristol Parkway, 40-minute delay, train to Swansea only to get to Swansea to find that Storm Arwen Arwen had basically yeah. put pay to any trains running in Wales whatsoever. I mean, it was just what I call a disgrace, a bit like Bristol Scrum on Friday night. And then I said I had to hop on a local bus from Swansea <laughs> to Carmarthen uh, via the Ospreys ground, via Parky Scarlet, so I know where we're going in January. And two hours later, I arrived in Carmarthen and one of the lads came and picked me up. So I felt a bit like John Candy in planes, trains and automobiles, but without the flying aspect. It was brilliant. Oh. I, I was Because that's the first time he's actually posted anything on Twitter for ages, isn't it, yeah. lads? And I was following it, and it was brilliant entertainment. I mean, and, but he managed to get back to the pod, which is, absolutely. for me, the biggest thing. So like, the journey back was a bit more straightforward <laughs> on the M4 in the car, but... Oh, I mean, you had to laugh. I mean, it was hilarious. Well, Miles, we were laughing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, let's get to uh, to Friday night then. And uh, Bristol Bears 20, Northampton Saints 36. Uh, let me come to you first, Pete. When we saw the team sheet on, uh, on Thursday, uh, what were your thoughts? I'm not going to lie, Tony, I was a bit underwhelmed, a bit worried, I think. I looked at, particularly when I looked at the Saints team sheet, I it, I thought we looked a bit underpowered in the scrum. Um, obviously, you know, we, we were putting out what we felt we could, um, but it did worry me a little bit. And uh, um, so, you know, I, I feel that this is the problem. You, you've got to start at the front. You've got to build a platform. However good your backs are, however much you, you want to play an expansive game of rugby. And when I, I looked at our front row, 
it, it, it worried me. Yeah. That was before I went to the gate on Friday. I can see the tree nodding there. Yeah, the the star on top is, is definitely nodding in that, that way. And uh, Miles, we uh, we pitch up at the gate. Actually, first disappointment, we maybe knew things weren't going to go our way, was the Bristol Beer Factory tent was nowhere to be oh. seen. Well, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, you know, Pete and I had a cheeky pint at the Asheville and proposed to meet TC down there. Yeah, a bit disappointing, really, um, that it wasn't there on a Friday night with a massive crowd, but for some reason or, or other... They maybe it was something to do with the hurricane. I, mean, I, I was, was going to say, yeah, maybe with a yellow weather warning of high yeah, wind yeah. to put a gazebo up. Yeah. It's not, not the and, wisest and it, wasn't, it wasn't quite the same because we had a we had a late withdrawal on our team, didn't we, TC? So, you know, a um, bit, bit disappointed there. Oh, Lee, what, what's up? We did have a late withdrawal, <laughs> boys. <laughs> Uh, I was on daddy duty on Friday. Um, I mean, my my uh, my ex was actually travelling as well herself. She was going to the Forest of Dean, yeah. so I was looking after the girls, and uh, and she had a bit of a nightmare as well on Friday Friday night. So um, subsequently, she came back on Saturday, but it was too late for me to uh, to be able to come down to rugby on Friday. So I'm sorry, boys, to let you down, but. If I was going to miss any game, it sounded like this wasn't a bad one to miss. It uh, certainly wasn't, but uh, Pete, great start, wasn't it? We uh, scored an early try. Um, it's, I think it's the only time I've seen a, a pushover from five metres that took yeah. about 40 metres to, to, to actually <laughs> was, get over well, the line. Thanks for that, Tony. You just stole my thunder. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. I mean, it was quite extraordinary. It kind of crabbed sideways. And I think Cole Dix at one point said you know you oh, first time and then it just crabbed a bit forward it was kind of going at 45 degrees then then all the backs got involved and then it slowed down a little bit and then it's going to and you think hang on all the backs are in there if what if, if Andy Aaron has to do something with it he's got nowhere to go <laughs> and yeah it kind of it was extraordinary I don't think I've seen that for for a long time it was just we scored under the post. It was under, the, po- it was under the post. I mean, we took, play, we took the ball probably on the the. Yeah, the it was, was it the ten meter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, to be honest, in hindsight, it's, it's such a great strategy, isn't it? Because normally with a line out mall, you, you're scoring quite near the, the touch line, so it's a more difficult conversion. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was quite extraordinary. It was a bit. Uh, I mean, it was a bit like. Uh, the Eaton Wall game. If any of you have ever seen pictures of that, no, you know, no. when there's about a hundred people all, all kind of just crowded together so yeah I mean it was a great start I, I think you know you think we if you can get a, a rolling mall try in the first few minutes that's that's setting a statement up isn't it of that you're here to bully the opposition yeah yeah <laughs> and and I mean that that first 20 minutes it, it, it looked pretty reasonable didn't it 20 30 minutes yeah it, well it was but I mean the trouble was that we did the same old thing that you know we seven nil up and as soon as we from the restart we tried to run it uh, a few times out of uh, the 22. We had a chance to boot it long, ended up knocking on and then giving away a penalty and, and Dan Bigger stepped up and made it 7-3. So, you know, we it, it's the same old thing. It's it's protecting protecting your kind of score, protecting your, your advantage. We didn't really do that. And I think, I mean, first 20, I think we got a Bigger got another penalty and then we then got another one. So it was about 10-6 after. The, but we, I felt as though we were... They, we were in reasonable we're, control. We were in it. Yeah, we were in it. Yeah, yeah, we in yeah, it. I mean, yeah. Saints, no, Saints looked strong. There was no doubt about it. They looked strong. They looked sharp. They were hitting the gain line. I thought early doors, Alex Mitchell looked very lively as a scrum half. But we were we were defending well. And there was a couple of moments in that second half where we, we pushed them back out of the 22 a few times. And, you know, I felt as though it was going to be a close game. Mm. But we were definitely in it. Lee? Well, I just want to say then, I mean, this is why I don't listen to a game on the radio because I was listening to Mark uh, uh, Hoskins on the radio and, I mean, it was great defence from Bristol, admittedly, but you, it, it, when you were listening to it, it just felt like the momentum had completely gone from Bristol and, mm-hmm. and it was always going to be well, Saints <laughs> winning that game. And it, and it was almost like I was listening to it, all, almost expecting Saints to score. 
Mm. Well, to well, be honest, after about 30, <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes, that, 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 I think that's actually correct. Did you start listening to the radio at about 30 I, minutes? I switched yeah. on that. Well, that's, <laughs> that probably explains it. <laughs> 20, yeah. 20, 20 because, minutes in. <laughs> I mean, because at 34 minutes and 37, they scored two quick tries and suddenly, yeah, the momentum yeah, yeah. certainly mm. had shifted. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> so so it was 13-20 at halftime, Miles. Uh, come out for the second half. And I think I think we were all talking in the, in the dolmen. We were saying to each other, Actually, their backs are looking sharp. They oh, were running some nice lines. Their back three were really, really hard players. They they, they, they were making some real big tackles and some big dents. And said so that our defence had held out reasonably well. Um, and then we come out, score another quick try to, to get it 20-20. Well, absolutely. I think you said to me, didn't you? You said, well, win this, I went... Well, not unless we score quickly in the second half. And lo and behold, um, Leo, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, Alapati. Yeah, yeah. um, got a try and it was 20 all. So, you know, all things square. And I thought, well, OK, good pep talk by Pat at half-time. The boys have come out um, with a bit of a sting in their tail. Uh, let's go from here. But lo and behold, it, it didn't quite go our way after that. No, because Max Laheith got a bit mangled, didn't he, just before half-time? He was looking... You he know, did, like and I think he went off with a shoulder injury, didn't he? What's herb oh. chopping arm? Yeah. Got a bit, got stung. Yeah. Well, well, that, well. That, that, that's right. So, but, I mean, he came out for the second half, but, I mean, then the scrum oh. just started to disintegrate, didn't it? I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen a first-team Bristol Bears team mm get absolutely pulverised in the scrum. And you can't beat around the bush. We were destroyed in that second half, weren't we, Pete? And to be honest, the, 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 the writing was on the wall in the first half because we had a five-metre scrum twice in that first half in front of their posts. And do you remember that just Dan Bigger, we, we got held up just before half-time. Brilliant move off the line. Oh, that's right, Dan Bigger and, kicked and, it. Yeah, really good... And Dan Bigger, uh, it's funny, you go back to the highlights, you can hear Carl Dixon saying, can't kick, it, can't kick it out, can't kick it out, can't kick it out, and he kicks it straight out. We then got a five-metre scrum, and you're thinking, this is it, come on. And we, we get a scrum penalty against us on our putting. <laughs> yeah. The, the right was on the wall. So although a lot of people said, oh, you know, when Max Heath went off, I think mm, the right was on the wall before that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as you say, I mean, I don't think I've seen a scrum bow back that quick since I played under 13 rugby. Uh, at school against, was, against uh, the big boys against the big lads yeah, you're, yeah. you're on the uh, opposing side yeah, yeah. So, yeah absolutely so I, I, I mean what, I think I think decade it, was that it was, it was black, the 80s black, black and white um, and I think at one point it was our, our scrum put in and they just just pushed us over yeah. and the number 8 picked it up yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know once somebody gets a I mean, well, that situation, you can't even say it was a kind of, oh, the ref don't know what he's doing. I mean, that is a genuine, like, you know, you, you don't want to get a penalty. You just put your hands up and say we're embarrassed. But, I mean, that's not acceptable, really. I mean, at this level, you've got to have some sort of parity so you can launch attacks. And when you get to that point, I mean, it, it's... That's the sort of thing that you see in the FA Cup in football when you know, Man City plays a, a minnow. It shouldn't be happening yeah. at the highest level. The question is, I mean, what, what, I mean, if you're just pushed backwards, no one collapses and the number picks up, what, well, is, what technically there is there some debate exactly. and, and, and that, that gives them a penalty it is where true. they were basically and on the front foot? And there was another instance where they won... They they had a scrum in the second half where they pushed it forward they, and they held it in there and that really that's what winds me up is that when they know they're going to get a penalty mm. teams hold the ball that's not the role of a scrum the scrum mm. is to restart the game and you shouldn't you should get that out quick and there was one instant where the ball they held it it went forward a bit Mitchell picked it up passed it and then Dixon put his hand out for a penalty and it's absolutely right Miles it seems mm. you know it seems un I know it sounds sour grapes but it just seems a bit unfair I can understand the old collapsing and stuff like that you might you know you're going to get penalties yeah, against yeah. you but that seemed a bit churlish were they, were they shoving early as well these things well who early. knows I mean it's hard to tell but yeah I think we can categorically say they had dominance over us and and I mean the thing was as well uh, you know in that second half it was almost oh my god they've knocked on yeah because (laughs) it was it was a scrum to us and they were either going to win it or get a penalty you know it it got that bad that actually we you know even in their half when, when when we had a put in we just I think we won about two scrums on our, our own putting in the whole of the second half. Uh, it was incredible. I, I've never seen a Bears performance like that in the scrum. 
in these what's it three four years that we've been back up in the Premiership. And I think we should we should also mention that it's easy to to slam the front row for it, but I mean a scrum is a is a is is a unit, isn't it? And and I think clearly it's not just the front rows. I mean there there there's something going wrong yeah. across the whole eight. Um, maybe we just didn't have the power. We just didn't have the power coming through from the second row, uh, coming through from number eight. I mean, it's hard. We don't know. I mean, who knows? Um, but it it, 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 you know, it just, it was bad. It, it was disappointing. I mean, it was a decent crowd as well, wasn't yeah. it? 18,000 on yeah, the gate Friday yeah. night, lots of people in, lots of newbies taking advantage of the uh, the offer going up the wrong side of... Uh, terrible, <laughs> terrible stadium geography. <laughs> Misfirings, weren't they? For fifteen they? pounds, yeah. Pete. What do you expect of yeah. your geography knowledge? Um, and then you know there was only going to be one winner in that second half, really. And to be honest, actually thirty six twenty. I think we were quite lucky to come away with that mm. scoreline. I think I think it could have been worse. Dan Bigger had a real swagger about him, didn't he? He looked right. in complete control of everything that he was doing. Their back three, I thought, were were in in the in the scrum were immense, um, and as you say, Mitchell, Mitchell was, uh, and they were just running some beautiful lines. I mean, Mitchell is class, but you, it, it's a lot easier being class when you're on the front foot. Yeah. But, but yeah. he took yeah. absolute advice. I mean, there you could argue that two of the Freeman tries, uh, there was an element of missed tackle or weak tackling going on on the last ditch tackle, but the third, the, the Furbank try. It was right in front of us, wasn't it? And Mitchell went round. And then I think Courtney Laws did a little pop on the loop to Mitchell. And he just showed and showed and showed. And it was brilliant. And then finally drew the man and popped it. It was a... It was a I think even you, Tony, were clapping, weren't I, you? I got up and clapped. You got yeah. up and clapped, didn't you? Yeah, because it was quality, right? Um, it was. And, and yeah, you got to, you, I think you have, to, you have to respect what they did there. It was, it was quality. And yeah, the writing had been on the wall before that, though. But fair play. But it... it, 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 it added a little bit of grist to my England scrub half mill. So I'm looking at something like that and saying, you know, this guy, <laughs> there's so many good scrub halves in England and they're still the same old boy playing. But anyway, mm. let's leave that. Well, let's uh, let's have a look at uh, the some of those player performances then. Um, let me come to you, Miles. Um, if you, you have a look at the forwards who, uh, who made an impression for you. I think... Uh, well, I think uh, Fitzharding had a fantastic game, despite, as we've been sort of saying, our scrum was dominated by Northampton. He was brilliant. He was on it the whole game, popping passes out. His running line was brilliant. I think, did he get the most metres in the in the forwards? About 57, according to Premiership Rugby. He, he, he was great. I mean, I couldn't knock Harding, and I thought Joe Joyce was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He literally caught every line, uh, every 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 line out thrown by um, Capon and Kerr. Fantastic as well. So those two stood out to me, and I think Joycey got Bristol Player of the Game, didn't he? I think. And, I think we well deserved. I think we should mention that we're not saying that players didn't make it an effort did oh, they no, I think no. I think that they all left they didn't leave a lot out there they they you they were they were on it the whole time um, and that's but it why is difficult. I, and that's why I think it was only 36 20 because yeah, I yeah, think yeah. there were some tremendous defensive shifts yeah. put in there um, but unfortunately when you have don't get that platform mm. to, to to the offensive uh, kind of play just just isn't there um, I, I I would agree with you. I think I think Joycey and uh, Hardin were the standouts. Bowie, bit of a quiet game back, really. Yeah. But again, you know, when your pack's being dominated, it is it is it is a bit difficult. So, Pete, let me come to you in the backs. Who uh, who sparkled for you? Well, I mean, it's easy to. I'm going to start with a negative, really. That you'd look at Andy Wren, and Andy got zero meters, and I think I, I've I've. Um, I was kind of, I think I, I made a bit of a joke saying that if Opta actually <laughs> registered like minus numbers, <laughs> he'd have quite a few there. Because, but actually, I don't think it was his fault. I, I, I felt a bit sorry for him as well. He did, a, he did one of the best 50-22s that we've seen this season. That was and, amazing, and wasn't he, it? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and he was, you know, he was doing it. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's hard to to criticise a scrum half when you're up against it. And uh, he, then he did hit one that went straight out in the full, and then they unfortunately scored from that, yeah. which is never a good look. 
So, I, you know, I, what I'm trying to say is I don't think Andy had as bad a game as some people might say. Can he do the stuff that Mitchell did? On no, Mitchell just, but Mitch, Mitchell just looked bigger. He just looked a bit sharper. He looked like he was he was getting the ball away a bit quicker, but he was he was getting front foot ball. So. And, and he looked to break around yeah, the breakdown, didn't he, in the yeah. scrum? He was sniping. We, we don't yeah. tend to do that. No, I mean, I, I, I think I've, I've never really, really rated Mitchell that much mainly because I haven't really seen him play but now I've seen him play on, on form I'd say great so yeah going back to our performance well there was a stand, I mean the standout back was was uh, was our boy Toby Fricker who I think was I mean he, he probably was that he almost made the most number of tackles as well as the most number of metres it was a great performance and actually he's really come of, come of age when you think that he was probably you know wallowing around the first team sub squad at the beginning of the season got his chance because Adi Loken kind of didn't take his, yeah. and he's—I don't think he's—he's—he's he's, he's let. He's had a bad game since he's been in, and it looks like he's getting better. He looks, better he looks good. He's—he's—he's—he's—he's nip. He's got a great step on him. He's direct, and when you think that Purdy was playing, who is the kind of winger that we yeah. always say is like that, it, it completely overshadowed him, and and. Uh, uh, yeah, so Toby Fricker, I thought was was actually he would have, you know, if he'd been playing like that in any team, they would have been happy to have him. And and the offload he did for the uh, for the Alapati try, I mean, he made that half break, and he did what you know sensible rugby made the break, looked inside, it made it look easy. So yeah, I mean, apart from that, it's, it's hard. I mean, Callum kicked well. There's no doubt about it. In terms of you know, kicked his goals, his penalties. Yeah. You know, same same kind of kicking was average, but the trouble is with Callum is that he was up against the bloke who's ahead of him in the Wales squad in the Wales Miles team, and, and he did look, yeah, he did look yeah. average relative to to bigger. He just bigger's class, bigger's class, he, he is. is, but he mixes it up a bit as well, doesn't yeah. he? And yeah. there were times where you can see bigger makes that decision to drop back a bit because he's going to go for you know some sort of kick. It's not always the same. I mean, Sheedy, I know that. Sheedy is trying to get the back line moving. And, and actually, when you think about the try we scored, that was classic Sheedy. There was classic, you know, we made some space. He got it out quick. I think it was Vui. And then it no look pass from Alapati. That made the, the space. But it, if that like, happens once every kind of 20 times you try it, it, you know, we needed more than that. We needed to score in other ways. So difficult. And then the centres, you know, they, they had a hard time. I think they were up against some quality as well. I mean, uh, Graham from BBC Northampton told us that, um, what's his name? Um, Fraser Dingwall was a quality player and he was a quality player. There was no doubt about it. Funnily enough, these BBC guys know their stuff, don't they? Um, and then Purdy, difficult night for him. And even Charles Pierce had one really good break, which was most of his metres. But the rest of the time, it was difficult for him. He, he didn't really get an opportunity. We didn't have much broken play, no. which is when he really comes to his own. And then we we just didn't have enough front foot go forward for him to to do anything. So yeah, it's disappointing. Teams have sussed us out though, haven't they? And that's the thing. And, and the thing is, if we if we don't have that that kind of front row domination, then then we can impose our game on the opposition so we're, we're always going to struggle in that situation yeah. aren't we I, I, I think that's you know you have got to say that that ability to get any kind of platform in the scrum um, just means the kind of game that we want to play when you're, you're your, your scrum half is backpedalling because his back row is coming at him at, at a rapid <laughs> speed uh, does does make it very difficult but then there is that you know Where's that bit of sparkle? Where's that bit yeah. of pizzazz? Where's yeah. that change bit of the, heads up? Change the narrative. We, we, yeah. We've got to do do something different. But uh, um, and then just looking at the replacements, uh, tough for Kloskow, wasn't it? The scrum was getting destroyed. <laughs> well, he comes <laughs> comes on, and then what? Two scrums in, he gets pinged, and he, he gets yeah, a yellow card. Well, I mean, we, more importantly, I mean, to be fair, that was actually quite a result for him because when he came on. We just had the final warning at the end. Yeah, he trots yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You thought he's he is going to be trotting straight back off again. And I think for once we actually won that scrum and got it away. And yeah. then then it was only a matter. We knew it was only a matter of time. And you, you know, it was. And unfortunately, it was poor old Klosko. The interesting thing about that though, the damage had already been done. I think mm. they only scored three points when uh, it was only one penalty when um, Klosko had got off with the yellow. So you know, in the end, it didn't really make a big difference. But. Yeah, learning curve for that boy. Yeah, Whiteley again. Look, Whiteley yeah, looked sprightly yeah, when he, he came did, on. He? he did. What do you think, yeah. Miles? Did he? 
Is he, is he... he looked solid, Miles. <laughs> I, I did. I mean, you know, we'd see Andy. Had, yeah, I mean, he couldn't make any breaks, could he? There was no opportunity really being pushed backwards. Uh, his box kicks were a little bit below par from what he'd expect from you know his quality. What I just uh, said about ten minutes ago. Well, <laughs> yeah. And so you know, and so Whiteley looked a bit sharper. But you yeah. know, what can you do yeah. when you're being a second half push backwards, backwards, backwards? No platform. So uh, he, lo- he looks. Did right. he, do you reckon that you kind of you could well sympathise a little bit when you're on that vooey uh, scooter, that voice scooter, yeah. miles, and yeah. you're getting pushed back on the well, Actually, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this is significant, but just look at my notes. Whiteley came on 62, mm. and then immediately that was when Furbank scored that try, which is when Mitchell did the kind of break. And I think it was Whiteley that got done with about the three shows and goes. And I mean, that's, I don't think you can blame Whiteley for it. No, but it's pretty chastening no, when you come on and then your opposite number kind of, you know, spins you, spins you around in circles and then pops it to the winger, the fullback. It, so it's difficult for him. But, but that, that was a quality try. It was try. quality try. Was so quality I just say it's more circumstantial than, than apportioning blame. Absolutely. And, uh, for, for any listeners who maybe were concerned after the game that there were three grown men loitering in the trees in Greville Smythe Park. Um, Excuse me. I, I, can, I, can, I can maybe put your mind oh, at rest. Right. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I, as, as, as the final whistle went, we had a call from BBC Radio <laughs> Bristol. Uh, so they were looking for a couple of people to come on to the show to give post-match thoughts. Of course, Pete... Uh, took the call and was happy to do it. And I, I passed across <laughs> to Miles because I thought it was about time. We, we, Miles yeah. got a bit of, you know, BBC oh, Radio. Second appearance. Yeah. It's second, it's second appearance, yeah. Debut. Yeah, so, uh, so then we had to find somewhere quiet, plus somewhere where you two were out of earshot yeah. of each other so you didn't kind of get uh, some distortion on the radio. Uh, and yeah, people that know the ground, Greville Smythe Park, there's a little hilly, hill area with trees. <laughs> and we were up there in the pitch black trying to do the interviews. But, you know, I've got to say, Miles Boyd done well. Maybe one one we'll little just, slip. Well, I'd say he was solid. He was solid. Yeah, yeah. there was one, one, one little, little slip, slip where he referred to the fact we were playing wasps on well, Friday. Absolutely. Right? Wasps at King's Home would be licking their lips after seeing that scroll. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, you know, I, I, Pete likes to correct a few of us occasionally, doesn't he? And I thought, I'll put one out there to see if Pete picks well, Oh, he's trouble, saying he did it deliberately. The trouble is, it, it did turn into a bit of an advert for the podcast in the end, which is quite good. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. Because the trouble is, it's not Mark, trouble. Mark, yeah, but Mark Hoskin had just been on before us, and you, when you go patch through, you kind of listen to the interview before you go on. Yeah. He basically covered everything. But I, we couldn't really think of anything more to say, so we were kind of just trying to—I don't know what we were trying to do. To be honest, Terry, I haven't listened to it well, back. It, it, one thing I would say is the three of you were lucky because Stan uses that park. My dog <laughs> uses that park every day. Yeah. So hopefully you didn't find a little bit of Stanliness in there. Uh, in the grass. I, I hope you're a responsible <laughs> owner. You've got your little, your little plastic. Obviously, bags. I always pick up the, uh, the you know, the and then, then you just thing, don't you, Lee, and hang it on a tree branch. Yeah, to take away. And you know, it, you know, are we being a bit? harsh on miles but uh, of course he wasn't here for the last podcast in the tree thank you tree for coming in again just to make sure miles made it back we did put a poll on our twitter account um, uh, and we asked about the tree standing in for miles and um, we had nine percent of people said uh, no difference uh, 13 percent said it was worse without miles uh, the tree was better, got 28%. But the shocking statistic is 50% of people said Miles who? <laughs> the three of those were us. <laughs> was the poll just between you four? Yeah. Oh, so it's brilliant. So, and I'll tell you what, our listeners are always honest. Always yeah, remember that. Honest. Absolutely. Yeah, which, is, which, is why, which is why this is I rushed back from Wales this afternoon. I couldn't bear <laughs> another afternoon of the tree giving its opinion. Honest, decent people, especially those in the South Stand. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolute salt of the earth, those salt boys the and earth. girls there. Well, before we leave this weekend, let's look at some of the other scores. Wasps 33, Gloucester 36. I think yeah. we'll hear about a little bit about that in the uh, Pete's Premiership preview. Bath 16, Exeter 23, close there. Bath looking better, but lost it at uh, at the end. Got to laugh at that one, haven't you? Well, <laughs> yeah. Frankly, yeah, frankly, yes. 
Um, Quinn's 19, Irish 22, mm. and I think Quinn's rested some of their uh, England boys. Now Smith and Dombran mm. are uh, not around, uh, not quite so easy. Um, Newcastle 24, Worcester 24. Good point and for it, Worcester. And or two it was 24 hours later. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, because that game was delayed Shaboom. because of, uh, uh, because of what was it, Storm? Arwen. It was Arwen. 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 I think it was, yeah. Uh, and then Saracens 25, Sale 14 this week. Um, okay, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many, many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at Bears Beyond Gate, and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Right, so not long to wait. We're back in action. It's Friday the 3rd of December, 7.45 kickoff. Um, it's on BT Sport. It's Gloucester versus Bristol for the Rifles Cup. Now, before we talk about it, let's hear Pete's Premiership preview. And this week, uh, I'm pleased to say we've got a good friend of the podcast, Ed Price from the Gloucester podcast, Cherry Jam. Let's listen to that now. Um, so really good to talk to you, Ed. Thanks, thanks very much for, for doing this on a Sunday afternoon. It's, it's much appreciated. Thanks for having me. That's all right. So, um, Gloucester, you're sixth in the league. You've won four, lost four. Um, not a bad start. I mean, how would you summarise uh, the season so far? It's been an interesting season, really, because uh, um, I think, as, as you know, when I've previously sp- spoken to you guys, um, I've been quite downbeat. And um, uh, and this season, I have to be honest, we are a little bit more positive. We've had, uh, what we are now, sort of 16, 17 months of uh, George Skivington. And I think there's still question marks on a few aspects. I think some of the style of play has been at times quite dour. Um, the defence is still an issue, but it is getting better. And it's just sl- small slow improvements across the squad um, that we're all starting to notice a bit more and more. And um, I, I, my, my kind of view on, on it is that the, the mall is now obviously a big weapon for us. Um, and what I think we, what we'd like to see a bit more of now is just a bit, is to see the wider attacking talents that we've got, particularly in the backs being used. Uh, we definitely saw that during the Premiership Cup. Um and, and again against Wasps at the at the weekend, we 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 saw the the real improvements now to some of the back play. Um but it can be a little still a little bit stodgy. So we'd like to see a little bit of improvement there. But generally, quite positive. Um we're sick for the moment, which in a 13 team league shows you probably where we are. We're about average. Um uh, there's a few games, London Irish away, we were we were absolutely dreadful first half. I mean, it was probably the worst I've seen us play in a long time. And we got a draw out of that. Um, and actually, when we came out of it, we probably were a bit disappointed with the draw. We should have won it. Mm. Um, Leicester, we kind of gave them opportunities. Exeter, we gave them opportunities and that they took them. Um, the only game I think where we've played, and I thought, you know what, we got thoroughly thumped there was Northampton. Every other, t- every other game, We've either won or, um, you know, we've lost to Leicester and Exeter where probably, if we're being honest, we should have either won those games or at least maybe got a draw against uh, Leicester. So it's it's a strange situation because I think we're all still a little bit underwhelmed, which is a strange position to be in when you consider where we were 12 months ago. Yeah. Now, I, I watched the highlights, actually, of your, your game last night quickly, just before we spoke. And I noticed that Billy Twelvetree scored a, a brace of tries. It's... Uh, um, I mean, I've always liked him as a player, but it was quite, you know, do, do you feel he's got a bit of a, a second win now? He's got a testimonial year, hasn't he, uh, all lined up? And uh, um, is he is he playing well? I mean, Atkinson also looks uh, looked quite good last night. Yeah, Mark Atkinson was superb. Um, and everything that was good was flowing through him. Um, we do now really notice when we haven't got him playing. Um, and I'll be honest, I wasn't, I've never always been the biggest fan of him. I, I felt that his defensive... Um, frailties didn't quite cover up, uh, sorry, were too much for the the attacking abilities, but he's obviously worked on the defensive side and now uh, we're starting to see the real benefits of his abilities and skill. It's nice the fact that someone's worked out that after how many ever years he's been playing for us that it's a good idea to run on his shoulder. 
<laughs> it's only taken seven or eight years to do that. But um, I mean, I think you know there was there was rumours that he was being sort of uh, targeted or courted by Bristol, and and yeah. we all thought uh, we all thought that actually Bristol with the runners you have and the kind of support play and the style of rugby, he would have su- suited that and fitted that really well. I'm glad that he hasn't that hasn't transpired. Um, so Billy Twelve Trees, though, again, the one thing you always get from Billy Twelve Trees is just 100% effort all the time. Um, and that, probably the criticism that he gets from a lot of Gloucester player fans seems to be the fact that he will make an error, but that's because he's always trying to influence the game. Um, you know, he's always on the on the game line. He's always trying to be right in the faces of the of the opposition. Um, and sometimes it doesn't come off, and sometimes therefore he's forcing it. But it, again, on on Friday night he was superb. Um, there weren't, ironically, up until the last ten minutes, I couldn't really pick out anyone who had a bad game or who kind of, uh, you know, anyone had any issues with, except probably Ben Meehan, who decided to, uh, for the first time in a long time, actually give away twenty meters for back chat and kicking the ball away. But um, the, you know, we started to see some nice combinations at Gloucester, where you've got the Meehan and Hastings. Um, May is starting to kind of get back to where he was before. Thorley's starting to get back somewhere he's before. Um, so th- there's, there's, and, and I think the biggest, biggest plus is they you know we played on Friday night without probably our best players of the season in Ben Morgan and Ruben Ackerman. Um, and and I would expect injuries aside, I'd expect them both to be available for Friday, and that will be a big lift. Um, mm. You know. Well, on that note, I mean, I don't know whether you saw what happened to Bristol, but our, our forwards got humped in the scrum really mm. badly by the Saints. So I, I was wondering whether your your forwards are going to be uh, going to be looking forward to Friday night, and and, and how do you think the the game's going to pan out? It's 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 amazing how much of a difference twelve months makes because we were getting thumped in the scrum left, right, and centre, um, and certainly in the mall, and it's it's. Obviously, it's a long, period, long sort of process, but the tight heads now we've got depth. I mean, I wasn't so again. I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly putting my hands up and saying I got it wrong. But Kirill Gotsevef, um, the Russian lad we signed um, at the beginning of the season, I went to every single preseason game, and I think he got he gave a penalty or a free kick away every single scrum he, he was involved in, and demolished the Wasp scrum on Friday night. Mm. Um, so it shows you how much I know about front row play, which is not really a surprise, to be honest. Like, but, um, <laughs> well, quite. Uh, and as I was a winger when I played, so <laughs> even less so. But, you know, we I would expect um, really to at least have a bit of dominance in the scrum. The mall has been, the the, the rolling mall in the lineout has been the big weapon this year. Um, my only concern is with the rolling mall is that it, previous weeks and previous before the break, um, once we kind of used that up, we kind of like a, a team got parity. We did run out of ideas, which is really refreshing to see what we did against Wasps and what we did in the Premiership Cup. So having those a few more strings to our bows has been the, the, the important thing. Um, I, I, I think probably I'd expect us to have some dominance in the, in the scrum. Uh, and in, like anything, if you can get your front row going forward, it makes the guys at 10 and 9 and 10, their job a lot easier. And if you give guys like Hastings particularly a bit of time, uh, he can just rip you apart. Oh yeah, I meant to ask you about Hastings. Actually, I mean, have you been? Are you been happy with that signing? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have to say I have. I mean, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Um, he's been a bit st- stop-start injuries and kind of taking his time to get into the team. Um, I'd like to see him do a bit more with the ball in hand. He's very, very good at office uh, kicking. Is fine. Um, I think probably we got spoiled a little bit like by Cipriani when we had him in his pomp and we're kind of used to having that 10 to sort of run things and, and try things. Uh, Hastings hasn't really done that yet. So I'm intrigued to see if he can maybe step that up a bit. Um, but the, the bonus for us has been that Lloyd Evans has really stepped up this season already. He's putting pressure on Hastings at, at 10. Um, and we've still got George Barton as a, a backup um, who's, again, been excellent whenever he's played so uh i think we've got a bit of luxury there uh the biggest the biggest thing for us i think uh, we're still unsure about ben me and I, I understand why he's in the side and i understand the game plan that we want to play which is the box kick and being quite controlling almost in the mold of a willie hines mm. but we all on the pod we're more uh we'd be more happy to see a chapman or a varney just quicker 
And it, it, it you know, against a, a side like Bristol, in my opinion, is you want to move the move the pack around, um, and, and that'll create spaces. So having someone like me in, it, I get it, controlled and all the rest of it. So, but I think we'd all be happier if we saw Varney or Chapman playing on something. Right. I mean, so, so last year it was it was actually a very close game. It was freezing mm. cold. I remember. I think Yoan Lloyd kicked kicked the last kind of fairly late goal. So it was close last year. Uh, what's your prediction then for Friday? Well, I suppose this this Friday we've got a crowd in, which will make a big difference. Um, and it's going to be a sellout, I think, or near enough a sellout, which is excellent. Um, haven't been many of those in the in the Premiership this season. And um, I'm I'm I think if Costa can get on top first half, which we have done in the last few games, um, I'd expect us to to run out probably winners by eight or nine points. My only concern is that Bristol are capable uh, capable sorry to uh, scoring tries from anywhere mm-hmm. and Gloucester are more than capable of making everyone have a heart attack mm-hmm. so uh, you know I think I'd be wanting to be at least three schools in front with 10 minutes to go because you never know yeah. um you know Friday night a perfect example second time it's happened the season sale when we we were 33 something up with four minutes to go and it was only because sale missed the kick at the end that we won so you know uh I I, I think I, I'm confident that we'll We'll put a performance on. I think we've got the strength and depth, and I think Bristol are obviously on. You're on a bad run at the moment, um, but we need to be fairly far in front. I think <laughs> to, yeah, well, to give us uh, a chance. I think you're right. Okay, final question. Very simple. Yes or no? Are you going to finish above Bristol at the end of the season? <laughs> I think probably it'll either but yeah I think we will I think it but I think we'll probably finish fifth and Bristol will finish sixth I think we'll both be a lot I think we'll be there or thereabouts as we are now and a Bristol will go up the league because you've got players who'll come back and you'll make a big difference what we can all agree on though is that Bath will finish bottom and I think we should definitely bring back relegation brilliant I think we'll leave it at that thanks very much well again Ed, Ed's really great value for Brilliant. me, isn't he? He, yeah. he? He's really insightful. You didn't have to ask many questions. Did you? And they're, they're confident for the first... He, he said, yeah. didn't he? He admitted that after speaking mm. to us for the best part of two, two and a half seasons, they're actually confident yeah. about playing the Bears. Yeah, and, and so he should be. I think, uh, as he's pointed out, they've made progress, steady rather than spectacular progress under Skivington. He, he, he did. He was quietly confident. I think... What he pointed out, which is what we've been talking about, is that Skivington's got the pack sorted and you know, is making the pack a reasonably potent weapon. And it was a bit a bit worrying when he said, yeah, the two things that have improved is the scrum and the maul. Any, any yeah. listeners, that's, I think, gunfire outside of Lee's place, which is normal. It's not yeah. Miles' scooter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, but but I think he did he did leave a little bit of a, a chink of light for us, sort of saying that the defence can still be a bit sketchy and, uh, and you know, there's less of an expansive game plan. And, and I think that clearly if we feel that we can get in it in the game and with our potential weaponry in the backs it, it we could get something out of it but I think he was definitely more chipper than the last time I spoke to him last season so yeah interesting interesting uh, but he did finish off with a little bath gag didn't he that we all we all enjoyed at the end we, we all appreciate that yeah. the uh, absolutely uh, Lee let me come to you your, your thoughts on the game and uh, you know first of all let's uh, let's let's look at um, the forwards do you think Pat's going to uh, shuffle the pack a bit? Yeah, well, we've got we we know that we've got Luatua is going to be back in, don't we? Well, he's, well, he's there or know. thereabouts. He's there or thereabouts. I I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, even though Sam Jeffries has been absolutely fantastic, hasn't he? I, I think after two years off, he, he's had a good long run in the team and he, now, and I think and he got an yeah. HIA on. Yes. Yeah. Well. yeah. So you so, thought either way, he's probably not going to be in there, is he? Yeah. So I mean, I think Luatua has got a, got a step in into that. Um, into the number six slot obviously Harding is going to stay at number eight I think um, and he's nailed on for the rest of the season unless he gets injured um, the rest of the forwards I mean I don't know what we're going to do in the front row because I don't know really what other options we've got I mean well Sinclair should be back shouldn't he after Sin- his rest week Sinclair yeah. will be back obviously I think Dave Atwood will come back in um, I think we, we've got to have Atwood in and I think Vui, I think 
probably joins Atwood for me in the second row. Um, I know you could say he could play at six if Luatu was not playing. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I personally would like him in second row. It's what we do with the front row, really, because I think Kerr's probably done enough to, to yep. stay in the team. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Jay Walmore is going to be going to be there after this well since he shaved Friday. his beard you know is it a bit of the Samson he's, he's stuff lost a, isn't he's it? lost the Viking hasn't he yeah. he's lost the Viking Yeah. Um, but I think obviously Jan Thomas will step in as he always does I mean mm. Jan Thomas is, is so underrated he's mm. he's played both sides doesn't he and he's he's been fantastic for us and of course um, ex-Gloucester as well isn't he so a ex, little bit of ex, extra ex, spice yeah, ex-Gloucester um I'm trying to think who's going to... Well, obviously, if we've got Sinks there, then we've got Kerr, we've got Sinclair, we've got Jan Thomas in the front row. For me, Vui, Dave Atwood. And then we've got Luatua. Who do we play at seven? I mean, I guess Heenan probably stays there or Dan Ooh, Thomas comes in. Or Well, it's interesting. What, eight, we, we, we talked about this after the game, didn't we? That I think the, the back row that we've been playing with Harding... Heenan and Jeffries, there's a there's there's a lot of speed, there's a lot of slick hands, there's a lot of finesse. But actually do we need a bit of filth back in? A grunt. A bit of grunt. A bit of grunt. And oh. you know, is there a case that Hughes comes back at eight and you use Harding as 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 one of the flankers? Well I think I have put that out there because I did the uh, the evening post article this weekend and I, I signed it off with that little bit of speculation and I, I used the word grunt with uh, you know those, capital G no with thing, what are those things called either side of it um, no yeah <laughs> inverted commas inverted commas yeah <laughs> uh, I used English I mean, my initial <laughs> my initial thought was to put the word filth but then I thought I'm not sure that the Bristol Post likes that sort of uh, word but what I was trying to allude to was that yeah clearly we need to we need to, we need to make a statement at Gloucester, particularly mm. since their forward pack has made some improvements, and it and I think you're right. I just think that uh, perhaps Hughes was missing was was something we did lack a little bit on uh, on Friday. So I'm it's it's a it's a I think it's a bit of a left field choice. But you may think well he's played two Premiership Cup games. He's he he, he may not have impressed, but he will have some match fitness from it. And I just wonder. I just wonder if he stick him in. Lee. I'd only counteract that with saying that I don't know if Hughes's heart is really in the right place. And match fitness for me, Hughes is someone who we know historically needs to play week in, week out for a period of time. And admittedly, two games, two Premiership Cup games, fair enough. But I don't think that's enough for him. And I don't think his heart's on it. And I think if we if we do have Luatua back at six, I think we've got the grunt there that then allows... And the nice that Luatua has got allows Harding and Heenan or Dan Thomas to do their thing. So I think we'll still get to the to the outcome, but maybe in a different a different way. Right. Well, I think I, the other thing I said in the article is I think I think Thomas needs to start. I think oh, I it wasn't just the scrum that was a problem on Friday. We were, we were weak in the breakdown as well, and I mm. think you know he's clearly has been he's out of favour a little bit at the moment and. For good reasons, maybe because we said the uh, the the um, Harding Heenan uh, Jeffries kind of axis was looking pretty good, but I just think maybe we just pushed it one game too far with that, and and we you know I think we need a breakdown specialist in there mm. to to get amongst yeah. it, and, and at the very least slow the ball down, let alone win it, because we just didn't get no. really anything going on Friday. So I think I think, think open side's going to be down. Thomas back to his old stamping ground. He's, yeah. he's I've, I've, you know, I bet he's been back to his, his uh, farm this week. Bench pressed a few sheep. He'll be raring to go. And uh, but it is, it's really down to whether Lua Tua is fit or not. Because I just, I think Harding's got to play somewhere, uh, just because of his mobility. But then, and I, di- I kind of disagree about Vui at lot. I'm, te- I'm tempted to stick Joycey back in there and have an Atwood Joyce grunt fest because we really have got to go hard. We've got to be ugly in that first half at Gloucester, I think. We've got to really make a statement. Yeah. And yeah. And, and Joe Joyce was one of our best players on Friday. Yeah. No. It, Where that, do we put Vui? That's the problem, because we love him as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, do, you know, does he come from the bench? No, well, that maybe, he can play at lock, he can play Yeah, at, maybe uh, he's cover. Side. And maybe, it, yeah. but then if Luatua is unfit, then maybe it, it will be yeah, Vui, Thomas, things. and then Harding yeah. will stay mm. at eight. Mm. So I think there's a few 
selectorial dilemmas for Pat this week. It'll be interesting to see. Yet again, we say it gives us something to, to look forward to in yeah. the week, doesn't it? Absolutely. But I think it's a really good point you make. Maybe we didn't cover that when we were talking about the Northampton game, the breakdown, mm. because again, we were very much second best. Mm. We were getting, it was back to that, it reminded me of that Exeter game last season yeah. when we were getting pushed off the counter, rucked off the ball. Um, and at the very least, the whole, you know, as... Southern Hemisphere teams keep complaining, like Northern Hemisphere teams kill the ball and slow it down. It's like, well, why aren't we doing that? You know, we need to, we, we know we can get away with it in the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, you know, someone was saying on Twitter, I mean, Saracens do it for a living. They seem to get away with slowing the ball down all the time, going over the top. So with, that is a big area. So, Miles, I'm going to come to you in the backs. Do you, uh, you know, have we got much opportunity to change? What, what Where do you think we're going to go as far as the... Uh, the back's concerned. Do I foresee any changes? You know what? Uh, so Gloucester's now in quite a quick, quick sort of fast 4G pitch, isn't it? I'd like to see Whiteley start at number mm, nine statement. instead of urine. Um, urine. <laughs> urine. <laughs> Solid urine. Um, give him a Solid chance. Solid gold urine. <laughs> <laughs> He's quick on the ball. He can make the breaks where the opportunity allows. We've seen that. Um, I'd like to see him start... We are a number 10. We're, we're stuck. Um, Lloyd seems to be injured. We're, so clearly Callum's going to start there, isn't he? We've got no other choice there. Um, in the wings, I think in the centres, I think at the moment we're a little bit stuck with without Semi, with Leira and O'Connor, aren't we? Who've, I hate to say, have been a bit underwhelming most of the season because they haven't had the, the quick running of, of Semi. And on the wings, I don't, we don't know where Moran is, but I can't. Fricker played brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, start yeah. him. Purdy seemed fit again. Purdy and Fricker. Yeah. And at back, if, again, if Lloyd's injured, I think we've got no choice but to play Pietau, haven't we? Yeah. I, I, I can't see there's too many options, really, in the backs from, from what you've described mm. to change. I don't know if anybody else thinks, uh, you know, will Whiteley, will Whiteley start? Don't know. To me, that is the probably the one one question that you might ask. But you know, Euron didn't do, do that much. That was you know, he didn't have a shocker, did he? No. I'd agree with Miles. I'd, I'd I'd put Whiteley in all day long. I think it gives someone else a chance, and he's got a bit between his teeth. We already know what he yeah. can do, and, and we do. We might need that that speed at the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. I I think if there is a time for him to come in, it could be. Could be this week. My only slight caveat on the wingers, and it isn't really a caveat, is that we're potentially up against Johnny May, and I don't know if Thorley is available. He played this played, played, played. night, yeah. And that, you know, I'm yeah. now looking at those two wingers. Saying, is there going to be a thought about the defensive side of our wing as well as now? Fricker has come on leaps and bounds, mm. I think, defensively, even in the last few games. Mm. But that's always been a slight concern. Mm, he's pretty going, going a bit high yeah, in the tackle, yeah. and, and Thorley is a beast. I mean, I, yeah. can't, I don't. I obviously haven't looked at it. Which one he'd be up against? Mm. But obviously, Johnny May is, is class as well. Um, Purdy, I've got no problems with uh, with from a defensive point of view. Yeah. But then so, again, so, what's, so, the, what's the option? So what you're trying to say, Adi Alokan in? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. When, uh, but, but, but I'm thinking, might as well stick Tom Vardell back in. I mean, Jack Bates is a winger as well. I mean, he has mm, played on the wing and he's know. a unit. I don't know. I, I, I'd be, it'd be a big risk. I mean, I think. I think it would be unfair if, if Toby Frick was listening, which I'm sure he does. Yeah. Uh, he would be very upset that I'm saying this because yeah. I think he's done enough to prove it. But I'm just saying I want Fricker to start, but I hope he doesn't miss. Well, and he that's a good point. It is yeah. a good point. Yeah. Is is there an argument then that actually you bring uh, Antoine Frisch in? Uh, inside centre and put Leoa on the wing. Well, yeah. yeah, because Lua, as we've pointed out last week, since we dissed him on the hot, the pod, he's 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 had a second career wind, and I mean he could play anywhere. So he even played flanker but, that time, didn't he? So <laughs> that's not a bad shout. But then that means you can't really drop Fricker because he's been the man at the moment, hasn't he? No. No, well, I mean, this is where you, if if you want to shore up that defensive side, mm. you're going to be be more there. And you know, is is Fricker a strike player that's 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 going to come on from the bench? Yeah. Uh, who knows? I mean, I think it'll be interesting. I don't think there's too much change that we can see on the uh, on the horizon uh, in, in in the backs. Um, just before we move on, there was something else about um, 
our Friday night that I, I feel that I have to mention because I think I think it's quite poetic, really. And that's that's after the game. Uh, Miles, Pete, and I we we went to uh, we went to the tobacco factory, didn't we? Mm. And found a nice little corner in there. It's very busy. Great to see loads of fans back in there after the game, having a few beers. So anyway, we had a few beers, and then we were walking down North Street, and we were struck by one: lots of the takeaways were already closed, and two. Pete and I were saying, oh, a kebab. We could really eat a kebab right now. And then Miles chir- chirped up, the Duke. He said, well, I'm going home for a seeded sourdough and goat's cheese toasty. <laughs> what a going. To which he actually posted a picture to us on our WhatsApp group as well. Well, I'm getting a bit worried about you boys. You spent a little bit of time together in the dark yeah. in Greville Smite Park. <laughs> yeah. And then you spent a little bit of time together in, in the tobacco snug. factory yeah, in the yeah, snub. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like are you are you trying are you boys trying to tell me something here? What? <laughs> well if you turn up for the game, you you <laughs> oh, be yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, hey, that's not a party I wanna be any privy to, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, okay. Well let's move on then. Uh, lots of uh, lots of other things to talk about. Um first one after our um uh uh, mentioned on the podcast last time where's Brisley yes. lo and behold yeah. Brisley was back. back but it was a bit of a cameo performance I saw mm. him out there before kickoff. but did we see him you no. know Gene up what? the team where, where's no. the worm that he was famous where's for where's the one the one handed press up didn't see mm. that either yeah. where's the Mooner the Mooner was gone it's disappointing yeah so good to see you back Brisley but again I think you need to step up a little bit a little bit um uh, then uh, Toby and his uh, bearathon, uh, 36 kilometres. <laughs> out of interest, I thought, well, if you go in a straight line from Bristol, how far is 36 kilometres? So he's got to run the equivalent of uh, going down to Glastonbury. Oh, so, oh. so oh, good, good luck with that. He, he was on social media. He did meet Pat, didn't he? He, did. he got interviewed yeah, by yeah. Slick. And, and he's, I mean, his whole media profile is is uh, is almost as big as ours now. I mean, and I think we broke the story, didn't we, in the uh, in the early days? Even but still, the it's pork, a fair play to the, the boy. The yeah. pork is not going to have any kneecaps left. I mean, I I'm, I'm a bit, as a as a teacher, I am. You know, I think it's brilliant what he's doing, it raising is. money. But I'm a little bit concerned about his homework. <laughs> is he doing it? He would, oh, especially yeah. his geography. I mean, yeah, exactly. I oh, know yeah. his geography is probably. Well, his geography is really good. He's yeah. been he's all over the place. Um, and then, uh, obviously, on a, a more serious note, we've got this new uh, COVID, um, uh, w- w- what do we call Variant. it? Variant. Mutation. Omicron. Omicron. And, um, and that has meant some real problems with the United Rugby Championship because mm. I think Scarlet's Cardiff and Monster were all in South Africa. Um, Cardiff and Monster, from what I read today, have had players that tested positive mm. for covid so they're gonna to have to stay out there and isolate scarlets um we're recording on our normal time on sunday evening they have managed to get a flight out but i think they're going to dublin um and then they're gonna to have to i'm not sure how quite as straightforward it is for them to get back but you know this has put potentially our fixture as well in a little bit of doubt and some of the other European fixtures in two weeks time doesn't look like Cardiff or Munster will be taking part so uh, it's going to be really interesting and you know on a very serious note you know if if, if this does rumble on you know what's it going to mean for life in general and you know will we you know let's hope not be back to restricted crowds in stadiums well, I mean, well, we know now that from Tuesday we're mask wearing indoors. You're right. So we could find out that uh, our next home game, we're we're back to buying a pint and immediately going to your seat, aren't you? And uh, and drinking your beer and pasty. It's a possibility. Yeah. Well, well, certainly they've they've talked about hospitality <coughs> venues. I don't know whether you class the the, the rugby stadium. Mm. It's certainly not a shop. It's not public transport. No. But you know, we'll 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 look at that. But after really getting that excitement and that taste of live rugby back and big crowds and being able to mingle and enjoy pre and post match beers i mean it it would be such a shame but but seriously on the european front cardiff and munster i i can't see them playing i don't think they're going to get out of south africa for 10 days because they they're, they're going to have to isolate and also i mean we've we've got to, we've got to take a balanced view of it i mean this new variant's only just come out so we still 
we still don't know what's going on. It is worrying, I totally admit, but just give it a, a little period of time yet and then we'll see where we go with it. Because, I mean, it could be one of those new variants that actually comes out and everyone panics about it to start with, but it might not actually mm. be too much of a problem. It might might not disrupt. You, sound know. Like, you sound like um, Professor Chris Whitty well, there. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I could see I'm you tr- on that podium. It, Exactly what Tony just said. I just think that we've like now we've just got that little bit of normality back, and it kind of feels but like. But at the same just time, wanna... one thing we did slag the government well, not us, but one thing that was pointed out with the, the Delta variant was we were a bit slow to not knock it on the head. Yeah. And, and I think, I, I, you know, my my instinct is that the government, given the timings and Christmas, have been for what maybe more proactive than they have been in the past. We may well go to go to restrictions quite early because ultimately that was the big criticism in the whole world of not necessarily going going too early. Well, let, let, let's not anyway, debate yeah. COVID-19 too much. It's, you know, but, Point, yeah. but, but for sure, this is going to have an impact on a few of the European fixtures because of the United Rugby mm. Championship. Yeah. And something else I, I read in one of the Sunday papers as well, again, which is slightly worrying. People, uh, well, Sunday sport. Has it been... England versus South Africa yeah. is that the super spreader yeah, event yeah, that the Cheltenham races was last time and the Liverpool Atletico Atletico Madrid well mm. there weren't many South Africans at that no. point, but you you imagine there's probably South Africans that have come you know maybe live here back from the country go and support their team at Twickenham and at Cardiff mm. and uh, up in Scotland as well so uh, who knows but let, you know let's keep let's keep let's keep let's keep our fingers crossed, crossed. Um, well, that's nearly it for this week, but I want to I want to round up on um, uh, for the ladies actually uh, two things. First of all, did you see that the uh, the women's team uh, they yes. won thirty six yeah, seventeen against Wasps Brilliant. on the first ever game that's been shown on the BBC first yeah. ever league game. Yeah, what what an honour! What a great result to stay top of the league. They're um, absolutely smashing it as well, aren't they? They they are, and you know, hats off to Dave Ward and the squad. Uh, you know, it's really turned round there, hasn't it? And you and you think Jazz Joyce is out in yeah. uh, Dubai right. playing sevens, and I mean, if you've seen how she's performing, yeah, you know, when she's Bar- back, Barbaros as well. Well, Semi was out for the the Barbarians, well, wasn't she? That was the other thing I was going to mention. Obviously, the Barbarians, pretty one-sided game, 60 points to five victory. I think that was South Africa yeah. women as well, wasn't it? Um, but uh, Simi Pam scored a try. Yes. How fantastic. And Brilliant. I mean, she she has looked awesome this season from yeah. what, what I've seen of the game. So huge congratulations to her. Uh, so, um, well, I think that's it for this show. Um Christmas tree, thank you very much for your company once more. It's been a pleasure. Um, uh, if if you like... Get, we didn't get a score prediction from the tree Oh, yet, g- gosh, we oh, haven't had a score oh, prediction. Oh. How remiss of me is that? Right, Gloucester versus Bristol. I'm going to go... Should we get, go to the tree first? Yeah. OK. Uh, Who's going to put a tree voice on? <laughs> Miles. Miles, you're, you're closest. Can you hear what the tree says? Yeah, yeah. He's saying, he's saying 10 all. 10 all. For the tree. Uh, okay, Miles, what's your prediction? Oh, well, I'm a bit glum after this last Friday night, and unless we have a bit of a change, I'm gonna go down the route of Don't cherry jam. I know, it. I know, I cannot. Don't. Hey, Miles. this is prediction. This is oh, prediction. Leave me, to it. leave me to it. I'm gonna go with 17 15 to Gloucester. Right. That's really going to buy up the lads, isn't it, in the changing room? Pete, I'm going... I, I, you've, got to, you've got to back... We're not a million miles away from... There's no, there's no reason why we're going to lose at Gloucester. We'll have a we'll have a stronger pack. I'm saying 15-7 to us. Won't be a great game, but 15-7. 15-7? Yeah. Lee? Yeah, I agree with Pete. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a fantastic game, but I'm not ever going to back against our boys. Uh I do think it will be be a low score and affair, but I'm going to go for 21-15 Bristol. Well, for for once, I'm going to agree with Miles. I, I think there's some rose-tinted spectacles here. I haven't seen the scrum destroyed. I know we're going to have Sinclair back, but, you know, uh, I, I, I just think they're, they're playing quite well. I I hate to say this, 
but I'm going to go for Gloucester to win 31-23. I, th- I, th- I think there will be. I think there will be. I, th- I think there will be. Richard Ball. I tell you what, it's because you're going up there, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In the shed. And that's, he, and he knows that there's always a few Gloucester fans listening. And last, <laughs> last time we were out there winning, we were saying, can we play you every that week? Is, that is what's known as a self-preservation prediction. Yeah. So, no, I... I hope I'm proved wrong, but uh, I, I think they might just be a bit too strong for us at the moment. But if you are proved wrong, Tone, what 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 is there going to be a both of you with some sort of unreserved apology to the the club, to the players, to the the squad? To Steve talk, Lansdowne, to you not too. at all, because we're, we're pundits. And we're, 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 we're not, we're, well, I was going to say we're paid. We're not, uh, we give our opinion. So, More importantly, you know, what, what does the Christmas tree get if it's right? Well, I mean, just another Christmas ball. tree gets a, another slot, slot on the show, doesn't he? Uh, um, right, well, that really is it yeah. for this show. Uh, if you like what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review or racing for us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our review of the Gloucester game and also a preview of the start of our European campaign as we entertain Scarlets. Until then, goodbye, stay lucky and come on, Briz. Briz.